This is the Home Health Revealed podcast. Hear stories from real industry leaders discussing topics affecting the ever-changing home health industry. Welcome to Home Health Revealed. I am your host, Mike Greenlee, and I have my co-host here, Hannah Vale. What's up, Hannah? Hi, everybody. So, Hannah, I was uh, I was at the gas station the other day. Man, that is a that is a trial. Yeah, we went on a family trip. We went to Arizona, and uh, we had to fill up the uh, the vehicle. And gas out there right now, when we were there, I guess, is six oh nine. Ooh, yeah, it's like four seventy nine here, and I think that's terrible. Yeah, so I went to fill it up, and uh, you know, there's two tickers, right? <laughs> yeah. One ticker shows you the money. The other ticker shows you the gallons. And normally, the uh, ticker that's showing the money doesn't go as fast as the ticker showing the gallons, right? Yeah. Well, it's flipped. Uh, yeah, I know. Do you sit? Do you stand there and like watch and try to calculate in your head really fast, like what your ultimate cost is going to be? Well, I tried to do that, so I got out yeah. my calculator as it was going. <laughs> no, on your phone. Yeah. I, Did you yeah. really? Yeah, well, you know, I'm the <laughs> sharpest tool in the box, you know. So I was, uh, I was trying to do the math because I was four gallons in and I was like twenty four dollars down. Oh, I know. And and I knew this thing took like twenty five gallons. Yikes. Yeah. So, so it it was it was pretty heartbreaking. It was like one hundred and fifty bucks. It's a lot of money. I know. Well, it wasn't that much, but it was, that, it was almost. Must not have been much. fully empty, but if it has a 25-gallon right. tank, yeah. Yeah. Wow, you did math pretty fast. Oh, you you are a math person, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know that that is putting the squeeze on a lot of home health agencies and places, any place that reimburses for mileage and then employees who are having to really do that math in their head and think about, hey, is this worth it to me to take the mileage and go, I... um. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said that a home health um, patient was four miles from somebody's house. Was this, we were talking about this and they didn't want to go. That's right. It wasn't worth it. That's right. Like that's a problem. Well, yeah, it's their job. Yeah. And that's a patient. That's a person. Right. They need help. They need care. Well, it is a struggle and that kind of ties into Really what we're going to be talking about a little bit today, not really going and seeing patients per se, but it is, we're going to talk automation. Right. Um, because we do still have staffing challenges. You know, we overcame or still overcoming, uh, depending on, you know. We're still trudging. What you think. Yeah. Uh, through, through COVID. And now you got inflation. And so businesses are forced to look at different ways to do more with less. Like tandem bicycles. Kind. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I think I, is that the bike that you pedal together? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everyone yeah. hop on. Everyone's got to pedal at the same time. Yeah. It's totally true. But automation um, is, is is important, right? Yeah. And it's not new, right? It's been around since how long? Well, it's been around since the 1950s. So it's not new to us because it's been around for all of our lifetime. But it is new relatively in the sense that, you know, in the history of humankind, that is pretty new still. Did you Google that? I did. Okay. Yeah. Look some stuff up. Because I knew it came around. Auto came from, you know, the auto industry and building all of that Yeah, well, process. I just know we have like fact checker, checkers. Henry Ford. Yeah. He created the Chevy. <laughs> Not no. so much? No. Well, with automation, we're going to break it down in three categories. So here's the goal of today's show, right? We want to break it down into the intake process, mm-hmm. the patient care side of things, and then we really want to focus on revenue cycle management. Right, because that's what we know. So, um, and just just to kind of throw out there some other thoughts, 
um, it, with this surge in technology, the use of AI features yeah. has really come a long way and it has greatly impacted not just home health, but specifically the home health industry for sure. So first time I read that, I thought it was Al, but it's really AI. AI. Yeah. yeah. Artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. So, and then there's bots, robots. Yes. They just shorten it for bots. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too. But it, a lot of the menial tasks and repetitive tasks that we've replaced with robots, I think when we were growing up, I don't know, when you were growing up a long time ago and then when I was growing up a little bit ago, um, it, I think it was like the Jetsons and, you know, we had this idea of what robots did and they were like going to take over the world. But we have seen what, what do you use in your house that's a bot? Well, first of all, I get Botox, so I look like I'm 25. Oh, congrats. Um, what do I use robots for? Yeah. Do you have one of those robot vacuums? I don't. No, my mom does. I bought her one of those. That's nice. Why don't you buy your wife one? Well, the thing about the robot vacuum is if you got dogs and let's say a dog went bathroom in the, on the carpet, the robot just drags that all the way across the carpet. <laughs> I, yes, I've read a couple accounts of that and laughed like an idiot. Um, I There's a neighbor that we have that has one for cutting the grass. Yeah, I've seen those. I just, I mean, that thing's going to go off the curb. Is it? I think and then so. it's going to be a liability and you're going to be in trouble? I don't know. I You map it, right? You map it on your phone. It has a program, an app. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it works. I, I don't know if those things really work. I don't know. It seems incredible to me. Um, other thing, I mean, think about laundry. Not that long ago, women. Oh, I said women. You did. And women. men. Whoops. Yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> we're not go there. <laughs> we're having to do laundry by hand. I mean, that robot, I appreciate on the daily. Is that considered? I mean, it's a ma machine. Well, yeah. A machine is a robot. Machines and bots are both considered pieces of automation. Because really all that means is that it performs tasks that humans would based on a set of parameters. Yeah. I set the parameters on my wash cycle and it says hot, regular. I know when you're talking about robots, you're, you, back in the day you would think about a robot being like a human but a robot. Right. Yeah. It's like R two D two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. That's yeah. how I, I would think of it too. Yeah. But think about how they're programmed, right? It's all math. It's built on algorithms, built on if and thens. If this happens, then the robot does this. So there's limitations, but we have created such artificial intelligence that really they're able to learn and think, quote unquote, my air quotes, if you're watching this in the video, you can see them, but not on the podcast yeah i saw them. <laughs> yeah well you know cars can drive by themselves now yes have um, you ridden i have not in one well Ooh. i've been in one i didn't i didn't they didn't put it in auto drive or whatever i'm not so sure i'm i'm cool with that right so there was a person in it well yeah i was in the car not, i mean aside from you was there a driver yeah there was a driver in the car i wasn't gonna let him put it in auto drive I did. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. He was there, so I felt better. Behind the wheel. He was behind the wheel. He didn't touch the wheel. I could see what was going on, but he, there was some kind of rule, like within the city limits, you couldn't use it. Outside of city limits, you could, because we were in Nevada. How would they know? I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. But I, I mean, I felt fine. It was cool. I would not have wanted to be in it without a person that I knew could like intervene 
That's how I felt at the time. So, but think about all the other things we have Alexa. Yep. Or Apple AirPod or whatever that are listening all the time. And then all of a sudden you get an ad for that thing you just said you wanted out loud. I know it's kind of scary actually. I know. But, but it, I, it, it's, it's remembering your habits, right? Uh-huh. So anything you look up, anything you do, any place you go, right? They, they use all that data and then all of a sudden the stuff pops up on your phone and um it's crazy and then you got uh virtual reality yes um that's coming into play um used to be i think for games but now it's being used in healthcare for all kinds of things which i think is very interesting yep um churches are now using it as well for to have church services which right is you can attend things you can attend sessions you can go to the doctor yeah got to create an avatar i think yeah yeah whole nother world it is a whole nother world. It's really cool though. But there's good ways that it's being used. You know, yes. Especially like again in healthcare with the VR, um, they're able to have a virtual reality meeting. Um, but you think about that for people that can't leave the home uh, and maybe someone can't come to the home for various reasons, yep. you know, VR can be used there. So there's a lot of great ways that technology and automation is being used in healthcare, which I think is very fascinating. Um, and, and as businesses, we are, we've got to start looking at automation. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think there's two ways you can look at it. One, you can fear it, right? And yes. I think employees can fear it, wondering, hey, is this, you know, they, they implement this to, to, to eliminate my position. But we know automation can't do everything in terms it has no feelings, right? And yet, and there, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's got to be that human interaction with a lot of still what we do today. Yes. So um, tell me a little bit about how you think automation or what you're seeing automation be used in the intake process. Sure. So intake, I mean, you're really building that database of information. And I know, you know, thinking bigger picture, we are looking at ways across the industry, across this practice to make it so that any doctor you go to, that medical professional has data that they can see and in a paper patient, right? We talk about a paper patient sometimes. There are so many decisions that can be made just based on the documentation of a patient. So during intake, we're collecting information and data to build a paper patient. And then based on the factors, based on the symptoms, based on those different kinds of variables, if you will, um, we can compare across hundreds, thousands of patients to say, this patient has similar, similar variables to this patient over here. And so maybe we've come farther in the diagnosis process. Um, we are able to better put together research. And all of this can happen at intake. Now, aside from that, I mean, you've got just the the daily logistics of the intake process and gathering that information for automation, like billing, who they are using for their insurance and where those documents go and how you file a bill and those things too. Yeah. So you're talking pre-authorizations. Yes. Eligibility. That can all be automated. Yes. And for the most part, that's a pretty mundane thing to do, right? Yeah. And so that, that is a piece with an intake that can be automated and agencies should start looking 
at the possibilities of automating that process. Yes, absolutely. If they're not already using some kind of EHR or portal that helps with that, that is definitely a time saver. And it just, I mean, it cuts down on frustration and different things for your intake staff. Now, how have you seen it being used with patient care? Well, th- this is where I think it gets really interesting because patient care in healthcare, like AI is being used for everything from surgeries to just wearable things, right? You probably, do you have an Apple watch on? Maybe. <laughs> uh, and it tracks all kinds of things, right? Does it tell you to stand up? You might want to stand up. I used to make fun of people that had Apple watches. <laughs> now you are one? Well, my wife bought me one, so I was like, I'll wear it. My car now, I got a new car last year and I was on a trip, a long trip. And after so many miles, a little thing comes up on the dash that has a coffee cup picture, which I was like, oh, where'd this come from? And it says, do you want to take a break? That came from Alexa. It was in my car. Oh, I have Apple CarPlay in my car. But isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. So back to wearables. But typically, you know, AI in home healthcare using these wearable devices can help track and identify trends with somebody, whether that be their blood pressure, um, you know, different things like that. And then it can predict outcomes. So what it's doing is monitoring any changes in any of these patterns. And then it can alert whoever needs to be alerted. Oh, do you remember the commercial? Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. That that's like what I think about. I'm like but, five years away from having to have one of those things. <laughs> but okay, I mean that was funny. It's very memorable. That was great marketing. Um, but it causes for a great a greater like patient interaction and a greater scope or database of trends and patterns. So it's allowing elderly people or people with serious home health conditions to stay in their home longer because they don't have to go in and be monitored. They can wear something that can be tracked by someone offsite. Yeah. So it's great for managing, collecting data for medical records. It's a way for the, you know, the clinician or the caregiver to know information, more information about the patient in real time. And, and, and talk about those wearable devices when it connects, it's, mm-hmm. it allows the caregiver without being in the home right, um, or wherever they may be to see the, the condition of the patient, right? Yes. Um, so, so there's communication there. Tons. And it's awesome. I mean, totally awesome. And, you know, they use all that data to say, okay, how do we help with these type of conditions, right? Yes. And, and it can be life-saving. Absolutely. It can be. Um, and not only that, if a patient can see that, a patient can then better assess their own health if they have that capability. Um, they can interact with their own well-being a little differently. For sure. Take take a drink. Does your watch say take a drink? No, it told me to get up. Yeah, exactly. So like, what am I getting up to? That interaction can can help, and so and I think aging in place is a topic. That is pretty popular. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of elderly people are wanting to stay in their homes longer and these wearable devices and this automation and artificial intelligence is allowing them to have a little more freedom. Yeah. So let's shift gears a little bit to the revenue cycle side, right? We know there is a staffing challenge out there today. 
we talked a little bit. Um, well, actually, we talked about our whole show, our last show or last two shows about the Great Resignation. Right. We already mentioned, what, you know, the COVID situation. Now you got inflation. And and so we thought it made sense to talk about automation before inflation. Yes. Right. Because we mentioned that a couple couple uh, shows ago. But, you know, according to CMS, I found this interesting that three hundred and seventy two billion dollars is spent on administrative complexities in the United States. That's crazy because I really have no I have no tangible calculation for that amount of money, actually. No, actually, when you put in a calculator brings in a letter yeah that's, when you, little, that's uh-huh. when you know you made it right like <laughs> yeah like the numbers stop and boom there's a letter and you're like hey i'm successful like now. oh my gosh no yeah yeah now did you know of that 320 or 72 billion that 39 billion is spent on administrative transactions so when we're talking about automation you know we're talking about ai we're talking about machine learning and we're talking about bots right yes but did you know that one bot can perform 30 times more work than a full-time employee. 30 times. 30 times. Hmm. Because the thing about it, the bot doesn't sleep, works 24-7. Yeah. We got to sleep. Yeah. Even though most people don't sleep very good anymore. Well, I know you and I were having a conversation about whether you would want a bot to perform a surgery. I would not. On you. And you said no, and I said Yes. Well, I mean, I get that they would go in and it's all precision, right? Versus maybe somebody that's got a little shaky hand. I, right. I, I, I get the one with fat fingers like doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that part of it. So, but I still want someone checking out the bot, right? Making sure the bot's doing what the bot's supposed to be doing. I'm not totally buying into the bot and then nobody being around the bot, which I know they're around the bot, but they, yeah. they use, like they put their hands, like surgeons will put their hands in these things. And I've seen that. I've seen those yeah. like, when they're doing brain surgery and stuff like that, which is pretty fascinating. Um, but anyway. The, well, but that idea of like, if you have a long surgery, right? Say it's a 12 hour surgery. You do have human error. Well, you got a tag team. You can tag somebody else in. Okay. But to share all of your data with some, think about even just working in a restaurant and like shift change or working, working on the floor as a nurse shift change. You can't relay all of that information to another people, another person adequately in detail to where they would have a complete understanding of what you've done in an effective way to be working on a body. Do you think? No. And they get tired. Yeah, that's true. 90% of errors or accidents are human errors caused by a human. Okay. I'm so, just saying like 90%, that's a lot. That is a lot. But you know, the benefit, you know, we're talking about automation here. You talk about the benefits of automation. It's not really designed to replace per se. It's designed to add to and to, and to, Make enhance. part enhance part of the process, right? Yeah. Because you know it it has been proven to lessen administrative burden. Um, it's been proven through automation in RCM side to achieve greater financial outcomes, right? And everybody wants yes. that to eliminate the the mundane task, you know, that your employees doing, which allows your employees to then do the things that they really like doing. Because when you you talk to a lot of employees, they hate doing the repetitive task. Yeah. 
day in and day out. And and really, when you look at intake and look at some of that stuff, that that is not the stuff that you, know, you have to do it every single day. But man, if we could automate this and allow us then to focus in other key areas. It, what it's doing and the, and the goal of automation is to continue to do more with less. Yes. Right. And then the, the part, the less part allows then the employees to really focus where they need to be focusing in on. Right. Um, and so you can do more with less, less. Um, and it's also proven to improve employee morale engagement and, uh, you know, you have happier employees. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of good things to that, but the real question is when you look at, okay, if we're going to automate RCM, what should we automate? What task should we automate? And so here's some questions to consider. Okay. All right. So on the first one is what is, as an agency, what's your annual call volume associated with like patient eligibility and benefits? So think about that. How long is your team taking right now to call patient to verify patient eligibility, authorization, and the benefits? I mean, that's a great question. So you think about how much time is that taking us? And if we could automate that, what then could we do with that time that we're saving? Mm-hmm. So that's a question to, to, to consider to ask. The other one is how often uh, are my staff wasting their efforts in an area that could be automated? So where's time that is being spent that says, man, if we could automate this, we want to do that, right? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly finding ways to automate. Mm-hmm. Third question is how often or how does uh, the staff obtain claim status updates? So let's think about that, right? So when you're, you're thinking about your claims, how do you know or how is your team following up with claims? What's the time of them following with those claims? How do they know what claims to follow up on and how are they tracking that? So think about all that wasted time that could be there or someone could be checking on a claim that they don't need to be checking on because that claim on average doesn't pay for X amount of days and now they're, they're already calling on it when they shouldn't be calling on it. So I think there's a lot of wasted time there. How much time does it take to submit um, an appeal of a claim? That, that can be automated. So if you have a lot of appeals, denials, think about how much time that's taken. Then how much time do your, your staff spend in the Medicare DDE? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The old uh, green screen. Mm-hmm. Brings it back to the AOL days. Yeah. <laughs> Instant messenger. You've got mail. <laughs> I used to actually like that. I did too. Then remember trying to get on the internet, you know, to do all that noise, the ring, ding, ding. You remember yes, that? Yes, yeah. I do. Man, good think times. About, we didn't about, even know what we had. Yeah, they made a movie about that. You got mail. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, right? Yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah. And then, the, you know, the la- last question I think you can consider is how much insight do you have into your Medicare and your commercial claims? And I ha- right now I have a dog licking my arm. Sorry. This, this dog, you know, pause for all the furry friends. Um, if you're a dog lover, you know, but our dog just had puppies and she just got back and she's just like loving humans right now, loving being back with her family. Can you automate that? No. Okay. No, you can't. I didn't think you could. Um, anyways, back to the, uh, the appeals and denials though, cause you can also automate things like root causes. For sure. And find out why something is consistently denying yeah, so when you think about it, um, uh, I was reading an interesting um, white page from Waystar, and they have a report or an article that they say that 69% of healthcare, healthcare leaders 
reported their organization experienced an increase in denials. And the average increase of those 69 that reported it mm-hmm. said their average increase was 17%. Okay. So, so, which is pretty statistically significant, depending on how many you're submitting. I mean, that could be a lot. Yeah, that could be a ton, right? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a lot of work. Yeah. So, and when you look at, you know, when you look overall at the work that goes into trying to get a claim to pay, right? Because you're taking care of the patient. You got to get paid. Yes. So the challenge is if you don't automate that process is you're going to have poor visibility into the claim submission and the remit. And so what that causes is that causes time. It just, it it takes more of your time and then it's harder to reconcile your, your AR process. Yep. And automation, one of the major benefits is the time savings. That's right. And then you got the limited means of prioritizing what claims to follow up on, right? Because if it's not automated, you don't know exactly when you need to follow up on that claim, which that's going to cause cash bottlenecks. Yes. Receivables, right? Yeah. So you're going to increase your DSO, which is your daily sales outstanding, mm-hmm. which takes the time from you when you're seeing a patient to get paid for a patient. That affects cash flow. And right now, with margins being squeezed, you've got to make sure that you are effectively running your claims process because you have to get paid when you're supposed to get paid. And that has to be tracked consistently. And so you don't want your staff spending time calling on claims when they should not be calling on those particular claims at that point in time. Right. So they need that visibility. And then you you really have no clear sign on when to check the claim status. Right. Right. So within the revenue cycle management, not only can you uh, automate the claims process and have them go in different buckets. So, you know, where the claim is at in the process of being adjudicated. But now if, if you can tie in a claims monitoring process and automate that, then you know when the claim is expected to pay and you can start tracking or forecasting your cash flow, which is very important. So, so those are critical. Um, and then you, 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 another challenge you could have if you don't automate your revenue cycle is you're limiting the, the, the proactive side of the collections. Yes. So now you're being very reactive to the whole process, which again is going to cause cash flow problems. Um, and, and so you got to create some type of denial intervention. Mm-hmm. So now you got to create processes and then I think I have someone monitor those processes. Yes. So it can all be simply automized or uh, automated. Automated. Autom- automized. Is that a word? I like that word. Let's keep it. I'm from Ozark. Automated. We make up words. (laughs) Yes. But one of the things that you just mentioned that we do talk a lot about is creating predictable revenue. When you're an agency and you have things coming around, you have payroll, you have supplies, you have all kinds of things coming around, gas prices, you need to automate these processes so that you can better create a predictable revenue stream. Yeah. So I wrote an article about predictable revenue. And so I can link it. You hear all the time that, you know, companies will bill and collect, right? And that's one portion of it. But when you look at revenue cycle management, yes, you want to get paid. Yes, you got a bill. All that has to happen. Yeah. But what you have to create is predictable revenue. So you want to know and you have to be able to forecast consistently month over month how much revenue is going to be coming into my agency. So one of the questions that, that is important to ask when, you know, either to your internal bill or if you're outsourcing it. Yes, 
you want to track, you know, how many claims are going out, but you also have to track how many claims are being ready to be sent. And so when you think about that, if you want to create predictable revenue, you have to create the same amount of revenue that you want to consistently get from either the billing company or your internal biller. The only way to do that is to not only track how many claims are we preparing, but you have to look at what's the intake process, mm-hmm. right? Which can be automated. We talked about that. Yep. Then you got scheduling and then the clinician goes out and sees the patient. And then you got your back end staff preparing that claim to make sure everything is on the claim that needs to be on the claim. Then you've either got your biller or you've got your, your, your vendor that you're using to do billing. They're the final piece of that. But if no one is measuring or watching how consistent are we creating the, the claims that equal the revenue that we need to drive because the law of averages would, would eventually apply. Mm-hmm. That is the missing piece. And so companies like us or even, you know, internally, you have to have good systems and processes in place to ensure that that's happening. And with the staffing challenge, that's where we believe that automation can play a key role in that. Yes, for sure. Everything that you can automate, you should. Uh, I mean, we we really do believe that, and we spend time and resources to build out um, analytic, you know, platforms and things to help with all of that because time savings is your biggest. I mean, it's going to help with staffing shortage. It's going to help with accuracy because if you have checks and balances there you know that you're more likely to have a clean claim, clean pass rate first time and get paid more predictably. Yeah, to make anything efficient, you have to have a process. Yes. Because within the process, if there if there's something broken, you know you can identify where it's at. Yeah. But if you don't have a process, um, then you don't know where, where to start from. And, and we've talked to a lot of agencies where, you know, there, there are ARs all over the place. And so, you know, you always want to get that, that automated. And, and so getting the processes put in place, making sure you're automated, what it'll do is allow you to track your revenue. But the most important piece about automation and receivables is creating predictable revenue. That should be what yeah. everyone talks about to anybody who's managing their AR is how are you going to help me create predictable revenue? And we really nerd out on this stuff, so... Well, I just love automation and I love analytics. And Mm -hmm. so when I'm reading all these articles, when we decided to have, you know, this podcast on automation, you know, it's fascinating to Google a lot of that information and see the different ways that technology is being used, the way that other companies are using technology. And I I think to some degree, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Yep. And you've got to be willing to say, okay, even though maybe I've never thought about this in the past. We are where we are today. We know we've got to find ways to streamline what we're doing. And um, you just got to do some research on it, study it. Because again, like I, knew, I didn't know VR was being used for healthcare. I mean, I, yeah. thought, like, I thought I was a 10 year old playing a video game. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those Oculus glasses. Yeah, getting a headache, you know. Um, but it's, it's very fascinating the way that technology is being used, yeah. particularly in the healthcare field. Because it's all designed to give better patient care. But but in that automation with the patient care, you still got to get paid. Yep. Right? Yeah. And I, you got to know where your claims are. You got to have visibility to that. And there, there's just a lot of ways today that you can automate those processes to 
increase your cash flow. Yep. And, and that is the goal, right? Patient care. I, I know when we talk to people, like their focus is patient care, but in order to continue to provide the best patient care, cash flow has to be a priority. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, what are we talking about next time? What do you want to talk about next time? Um, that's a really great question. We got a lot of conferences we're getting ready to go to. Yes. We're going to be in Arizona, Florida, Texas. Uh, we should go to Hawaii just because. I, I agree. Sign me up. Yeah. Uh, we'll be in Missouri. We'll be in Kansas. Yeah, Missouri, Kansas. A lot uh, of different places. Yeah. Um, and, and what's exciting is we're actually going to do live podcasts. We are hitting the road. We're yeah. on tour. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We're going to, yes. We got to get t-shirts, I think. We should. Yeah. Home Health Revealed on tour. Yeah. So our, our next, actually, the, the next shows that we're going to have actually are going to be live. We yes. are going to have guests there because we're going to be part of those conferences. So we're going to get people involved. Yeah. And our goal with these is to really hear from those that are in, you know, in the, in the trenches, right? Yep. And, and so grind. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, I'm excited to watch people put on a headset and talk real close to a microphone and, and we'll video the them. It'll, wow it'll be really factor. good. We'll, we'll put them on YouTube. Me but, too. Um, really looking forward to that. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show on automation. And uh, we look forward to uh, next time we do uh, this show, which will be live. So yeah. I'm All right, everyone. Take care. Thanks.